Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we are glad that you have joined us. Please follow us on Instagram at Sean Gaby and at Supernatural Leadership Podcast and or visit kingdomculture.ca or seangaby.com for more engaging content around topics we will be discussing. As well, you would love it if you would leave a review on this podcast as it helps boost our ability to get this content out to more people. If you are new with us today, just want to inform you that we will be releasing a new episode on the first Wednesday of every month and every so often a bonus episode. So make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can keep up to date with every episode. There are so many great leadership podcasts out there and truthfully, I love so many of them. So why supernatural leadership? Really, it's the difference between presence and principle as we discuss in episode one. The very first episode of this podcast really sets the tone for the why and purpose for this podcast. I would encourage you to have a listen if you haven't already. Simply put, we believe everyone has a leader within them at some capacity. Whether you're a CEO, non-for-profit director, media mogul, church leader, pastor, small business owner, manager of teams, a dad, a mom, and well, the list could go on. If everyone has a leader within them, why not make that leader a little more supernatural? That's the heart and goal behind this podcast, helping you connect your natural with God's super, making your leadership a little more supernatural. At the end of every episode, there will be practical activations and exercises to help us grow and mature in the various areas discussed. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, so excited about today's episode, but before I intro today's episode and theme and special guest, I want to just make a little bit of a disclaimer that the last 10 minutes of the interview that I'm doing has a little bit of audio trouble. So just bear with us. My apologies. Uh, the content is still great. Don't tune out, even though it's might be a little bit annoying, just push through a little bit, but the last 10 minutes or so of the episode has some audio trouble. Once again, my apologies, but it's great. And I encourage you, I would encourage you to listen to the very end. Thank you so much. Hey everyone, welcome again to another Supernatural Leadership Podcast episode. My name is Sean Gaby. Thank you so much for stopping by, tuning in with us. Please, like I say every time, please rate this podcast, review it, share it with your friends. Of course, subscribe to it. We're on many different platforms. It means the world. Also, send us your feedback. Uh, message me on Instagram at Sean Gaby. Let me know how this uh, episode or the podcast in general has impacted your leadership, making your leadership a little more supernatural. As we begin to talk about, we are beginning to add more bonus content to um, this podcast every month. And so today I'm super excited because we have another amazing guest, a friend of mine that I've known for about nine years now. His name is Tony Kim and he's based out of Bakersfield, California. Welcome, Tony. What's going on? Hey, Sean. It's great to be on this broadcast and this podcast. I love you and Michelle and the family. It's so good to be with you. It's good to see you. You too, man. And, you know, crazy days we live in. And uh, what a what a wild time. And I'm just thankful that we get to do stuff like this to continue to encourage people from an online platform and engage them in their leadership, helping them 
or the leader within them become a little more supernatural. Before we dive in, though, I'm going to read Tony's bio for all of those listening right now that may not be familiar with Tony Kim. And I'm going to read it to you. It brings great definition to who he is, what he's about, and what really what he's done. And so here it goes. Tony Kim has served, trained, and consulted with hundreds of churches, ministries, businesses, NGOs, government agencies, including working with different governors, offices, and departments of the White House. He mobilizes, trains, and addresses the hardest to serve populations and justice issues for over 20 years around the world in in over 20 nations. He believes that the church, the ecclesia, must build the capacity of its leadership and be included in the mainstream leadership in society for sustained change and transformation. In addition, Tony has been in vocational ministry for 27 years and co-founded Renaissance International with his wife, Jessica, in 2009. Tony continues to train, equip, and mobilize the church to transform every sphere of society through the power of the Holy Spirit. In 2017, Tony founded Roar Collective, which we'll mention a little more in the broadcast, a relationally based movement of leaders of all spheres to transform their world and influence culture through revival and reformation. He also leads Roar Academy, which is an online school of reformation to equip, empower, and engage 2 million Christ followers to unleash heaven in their world. In addition, Tony serves as the U.S. National Director of Harvest International Ministry, acronym HIM, an apostolic network led by Dr. Cheon in 70 nations. Tony has been married to Jessica for 22 years, and they have three children, and they currently live in Bakersfield, California. Wow, amazing, amazing uh, bio this is your street cred. It's powerful. It's inspiring, man. And I, I would love to, at the beginning of this conversation, just to help the listeners get to know you a little bit, dive into a little bit of your journey. We're talking about supernatural leadership and really the difference between uh, principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership, which really, I believe, is what supernatural leadership is all about. We can we can be a good leader and have great morals, great integrity, you know, good principles and commitment and perseverance and all this kind of stuff. And that's great. We need that. But just like Jesus, uh, you know, had, he only did what he saw the father doing, John 5, verse 19. He was presence driven. He had to see, he had to visualize what God wanted him to do. He was led by the spirit. And that's what we're really talking about. And so we want to help our listeners you know, develop their journey of supernatural leadership. And from your bio, Tony, like I see that you're clearly walking in it. You're influencing, you're talking, we're talking about the White House. We're talking about, you know, government officials. We're talking about agencies consulting you, getting spiritual consultation. Let's dive into how did you get to that point? How did you get to a place like you are today that you're now impacting the world around you in a supernatural way? Yeah, you know, first of all, I just want to say every person listening is called to leadership. And as a follower of Jesus, we're all called to the supernatural. But where where I began was when I was younger at the age of 13, the supernatural came before the leadership came. Wow. Because leadership is something that can be developed. It's not something that we're inherently just natural at, although some people can be, but majority of us, we it's a skill set that's developed. And for me, I grew up Buddhist Shinto. My father was born in Hiroshima. Um, He's a Hiroshima bomb survivor. 
And wow. my mom, she fled North uh, Korea, northern part of Korea during the Korean War. And some of her siblings uh, got captured, killed, um, and so forth. But, you know, my mom and dad came together that way. So we that's where we have this Shinto Buddhist from. Shinto from the Japanese culture and Buddhist from the Korean culture. And I am an Asian-American descent, Korean-American, or as I say, American-Korean. And my mom became the first Christian in our family. But the way that she came to know Jesus, and this is really where the supernatural began for all of us, is she had a terminal illness that the doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. And out of desperation, her friend invited her to this church one night. And she went because there was no other... She couldn't figure out the doctors didn't know what else to do. So she she said yes. She went. She took my brother and I. I'm the eldest of three siblings. And I remember being in that church, and I just thought, these are a bunch of wackos. And they were singing. <laughs> they were shouting, crying, you know. And I just thought, what in the world is this? And I was about five years old at the time. So I was young, not knowing. But I just knew, when you see crazy, you know crazy. And... And so I thought, what's going on? And, and you were so five, then, too. You remember, you remember that that far back? That's wild. I do. I do. I it's, barely it's, remember when I was five, like barely. <laughs> well, it, be, it was such a pivotal point in our entire family's life, especially my journey. And so the pastor goes up, the traveling minister goes up and he starts sharing. And then at the end, he starts ministering. And, and he's now releasing what we know as words of knowledge. He points to a section and says, there's a lady in this section where you have this condition that God is touching you and healing you right now in Jesus' name. Wow. And the fire of God went through my mom's body. She got healed. She gave her life to Jesus. And she went up to testify. And I didn't know what was going on. And she went up to testify. And it was this pastor by the name of David Youngie Cho. And who, you know, who uh, once had the largest church in the world you know, uh, Yoido uh, Full Gospel in Seoul, Korea. And and so she came out of that encountering God, the supernatural power, the love of God. And that really began our journey, except that was her journey. And, you know, in terms of my family, we went through a lot of hardships. We, we were dumpster diving. I don't know if you knew this, Sean. We were dumpster diving five, six years through my junior wow. high and high school years to put food on the table. We oh, were in man, deep no poverty. Idea. Wow. And a wow. lot of people don't know that. And and so we went through that. But then in poverty, impoverished, you know, I got, I got in gangs, drugs at an early age. By the time I was 10 years old, I started selling when I was 11. Um, more than so, so just to go back for one second, I want to stay on this track because you're on a good track and I want to hear the story. You, you At five years old, your mom gets diagnosed with a, a terminal illness of some sort. Mm -hmm. They can't figure out what it is. You experience by word of knowledge, which for those listeners that are listening, if you're not familiar with the word of knowledge, I actually do a whole, I think it's like a two to three part series on this podcast. If you go back way back, it was sometime, I think last year, but you'll find it. Um, I do a whole two to three part series on the word of knowledge. And this is what you're talking about. Someone calls out your mom by word of knowledge. And then she has this encounter and you're five. So now right. fast forward, like did, how did that mark your world or did it in that moment or did it kind of just come full circle later on when you look back, you kind of realize, wow, like this is real. And this was, you know, back when I was five or did it, you kind of forgot about it at this yeah, point. I, I really had no understanding of what was going on. And so it was more of a full circle when I encountered God for the first time 
that that was this, and okay. this is what the Bible has to say. And Got so it. then, so growing up in just the streets, drugs, gangs, um, you know, it was it was miraculous that I graduated eighth grade. You know, now for an wow. Asian family, I mean, if you don't get A's, you're pretty, you're disciplined. You know, for me, they were praying I would just get through school and pass, just pass with any grade. That was me. That was their hope in me. And uh, I miraculously graduated eighth grade. And my mom, she saved up money all year to send me to a youth camp. Wow. And she said, this is your gift. And we didn't get gifts. And so I ended up at this retreat. Long story short, it was a junior high retreat. Fasting and prayer, three nights, four days on water. Wow. And, junior and high. You're a junior, junior high fasting exactly. on water. That's right. <laughs> Only crazy. And, and during this season, Sean, I didn't even believe in Jesus. <laughs> and so, so you have to force, you're being forced to fast. And you don't even know why you're fasting. Exactly. They're fasting and I'm starving. <laughs> right. And, and so the first night of the uh, retreat, I have a dream and in the dream I'm preaching the gospel Wow! and and I come out of that and I thought what kind of nightmare is this I said there's no I'll never do this and I wanted to be a professional athlete I was actually really good at athletics I wasn't good at a lot of things but I was good at athletics and so that was my hope and and so then I just that dream haunted me all day and I'm starving I'm angry um, that second night before I went to bed, I said, God, if you're real, I dare you to give me another dream. Wow. And wrong. That was a wrong challenge. I had another <laughs> dream. And in the dream, I was preaching the gospel and people were walking out of wheelchairs, throwing crutches up on the stage. People were running forward in an altar call. I gave in a dream and I woke up in a cold sweat and I thought my worst nightmare is taking place because <laughs> I associated poverty with ministers. Okay, yeah. Like a lot of people do, really. Yep. And dumpster diving, I said, I will never live like this. Wow. And and so so that became a nightmare. And then that afternoon I just said this, Okay, God, we here we are as a family. We have nothing. We're broken. A lot of addictions, a lot of abuse in our family, a lot of rage, anger, and so forth. I, and so I was asking God in a genuine way, if you're real, why is this? If you're real and Bible says you're good, why is all this? And I just called him out. I was just really angry. I was shouting in the woods at God. And I said, and I was in a room in a prayer cell. And I said, God, if you're real, I want to know it. And I want to see you. I don't want to hear about you, read about you, talk about you. I said, I want to see you face to face. And I said, I dare you to come into this room right now. And the only way I could describe it is, Everything around me melted like wax. Wow. I was in a different dimension. And this man in a figure of light began to walk up to me. And I knew God was real. I knew it was Jesus. I fell face down and I thought, God's wow. real and he's going to kill me. <laughs> that was my thought. I thought my wow. life was over and he came wow. to literally take my life. Wow. Uh, because that's how I saw God back then as wow. an angry God. And except as he got closer, I felt the peace I never felt before. I felt the love I never felt before. And and then he spoke to me spirit to spirit to get up and to look into his eyes. I got up and looked into his eyes. It was the deepest, everlasting, eternal blue eyes I've wow. ever seen filled with everlasting love. Wow. That's the only way I could ex- 
explain it. It's amazing. And, and, and he said, follow me. And I came out of that, ran straight to my youth pastor. And before I could say anything, he looked at me and he said, you met God. And I said, how wow. do you know? And he said, you're glowing. And wow. then about three hours later, uh, my youth pastor grabs me and says, hey, come to this room with me. He takes me into a room, and there's a young lady in there. She's paraplegic. And he says, you had dreams that people were walking out of wheelchairs. Jesus came to you, and you said yes to him. Pray for this young lady and see what happens. So we prayed for her, and I felt something I never felt before. And about 20 seconds later, she began shaking, and she stood up out of that wheelchair and began walking. Wow. And you, how old were you at this point? I was 13 years old. Wow. What a start to your journey. That's and wild. That, be, that began my supernatural journey wow. with God, that I knew that I knew that God was real, and the things that I read in the Bible weren't just historic. It's for now, here, everywhere yeah. we go. Yeah. Come on, man. That's amazing. So, So now here you are, 13, like your journey into relationship with God, seeing God as a supernatural God, you know, really setting you on the path that everything you were going to do in life moving forward was going to be supernaturally infused um, and affected and impacted. So, so now like, you know, fast forward, however many years later, let's say, you know, 30 years later or whatever, you're now, you know, at a place where, you know, you're leading a church, you're leading a community of believers, you're influencing government, you're influencing businesses, the business, the marketplace, you're really now taking what started at 13 mm -hmm. and practically applying it into every sphere of influence, which is why we do this podcast, which is what this is all about, really helping the leader within become a little more supernatural in whatever sphere they are already in or are going to go into. So I'd love for you to share now the shift into your leadership and how you got to where you are now. Maybe share some stories. Get us get us into a little bit of the stories of the supernatural when it comes to leadership, maybe in business, for example. Let's start there. Um, then we can talk about other other stories that stand out to you. Yeah, absolutely. And so I want before I get into the supernatural stories in business, I just want to lay a foundation here just to let people know um, how I got into this whole aspect of leadership. And I realized over the course of the years, I've always had one foot in church, pastoring, doing ministry, traveling, and so forth. But then my other foot has always pivoted into different spheres of society, the different mountains or however we want to say that. And, and so when my wife and I got married, we moved from Los Angeles to Bakersfield, California. And Bakersfield is, was known for being the armpit of California. Wow. And that was, that's the reputation it once had. And when I moved to Bakersfield, I saw the level of poverty. And we know that the places that we overcome in life is where God has given us authority to bring transformation. And so I overcame poverty in that sense. And, and I just have a heart for it. And so I've been kind of a wild man. You know, I've, I've always been a little radical, Sean. You know, and that's why I think you and I get along so well. And uh, I remember moving there within three months. I called the mayor's office. You know, I was 24 years old, didn't have a clue on what I was doing. And I called now this is office. in Bakersfield now. This is in Bakersfield. Got it. And I said, 
My name is Tony Kim. I love to meet with the mayor. I represent all the churches in Bakersfield. <laughs> and you did it, or did you? I, <laughs> and I, I, no, I didn't know anybody at the time. <laughs> I just set myself that's called, up. That's called a faith step right there. <laughs> I don't know if that was the spirit of stupid or what that <laughs> yeah. was, but that got me in the doors with the mayor. Wow. And, and I got before the mayor, and this is what I said. I said, Mayor, he said, what do you want? He said, how can I help? And I said, well, the, Mayor, I'm here because I wanted to ask you, how can we as a church serve you? Well, and, and he leaned amazing. back in his mayoral chair in his office, and he took a deep breath, and he said, you know, I don't know how to answer that right now because I've never been asked that question. Wow. And he said, but if you have a heart for a city, let me introduce you to somebody else. And now I'm freaked out because I have no clue on what I'm doing. You know, I went to Bible college. I don't have any other experience outside of this except for my entrepreneur um, spirit dabbling here and there in business. And he introduced me to the director of human services in our county. And and by that time, it, it took a couple of weeks. And I said, God, you need to do something because this is this is going to be wild. So I never say no. I always say yes. And then I go back and panic in prayer. Is, is how I live. <laughs> okay, so that's key because, you know, um, we're talking about practicals around mm -hmm. developing the supernatural side of our leadership and how it impacts society around us. And I think you said it, you never say no, always say yes. Correct. And I think that's a good, a good way of looking at opportunity. I think the more you mature, obviously there's a balance between like, you don't just say yes to every little thing, but you know, you get to know what the right things are to say yes to that connect directly to the heart that you have for impact. If you want to impact a certain sphere of influence, you say government, well, don't say no to meeting with government officials, like say yes every time, because that's, that's where your heart's being pulled. And so utilize and steward and be faithful to those opportunities. That's really what you're saying. Right? So I love that. Never say, never say no. And really discern like, where it is that you're called to impact and like dive full on in, even if you don't know the answers, you don't know how it's going to play out. You don't know what to say. I just believe part of supernatural leadership, I, actually all of supernatural leadership really sits on or stands on the foundation of faith That's and right. faith is not safe. And faith is not always uh, understood by the, never understood by the mind. It's not going to be logically uh, uh, rational. It's not going to make sense. You're going to step into it. Like Peter walked on the water. He didn't rationalize the fact that, you know, scientifically you cannot physically walk on water. He just stepped out because he felt God pulling him out onto the water, called him and he stepped out. And that's what you're doing. That's what that's, I think one of the greatest keys to supernatural leadership is just stepping out of the boat of comfort, not knowing if you're going to sink or if you're going to walk, not knowing right. that's the whole operation of supernatural leadership and so continue on that track i like that where you're going and so this is you know you're you're, you're saying yes you're not saying no and now you're beginning to develop this side of your leadership that's right and so i realize now i could preach great on the stage and there's a lot of great preachers but there's a few leaders who can lead people on the ground right and and even in today's culture sean we know that preaching is not gonna it's preaching is not the solution we need courageous supernatural leaders to rise up and so going back to the story you know um the lord brings me into connection with a couple people who have a heart for the same thing 
So now we meet with this director of human services, and she says, there's an uh, epidemic happening in our county, single moms on welfare, um, recovering from addiction, with felonies, with kids who are estranged. She said, can you help us? She said, we have 26,000 cases in our county. And we said, yes, and we went back. Again, there's that yes. We wow. went back and we prayed. God, we said yes, but we don't know how. And so the Lord gave us a strategy on how to serve these families. And long story short, that program that we started got national attention because wow. the outcome and the transformation that took place in the families. And by the way, it wasn't just serving them just in a natural, although we met some of their needs. Entire families got saved. They got baptized, plugged into churches. 111 churches in our region signed a document to to agree, to unify, to serve our community together That's amazing. at the time. Wow. And, and that brought national exposure. And I'm sharing this because some people may say, well, this isn't supernatural. No, it is. Because all change by the Spirit, all transformation yep. comes by the Spirit, which is supernatural in yep. essence. And sometimes we hyper-spiritualize the supernatural element. And there is, there is a spiritual element sometimes where it is very sensational and it's real. But a lot of times we forget that the supernatural is very natural in the way we operate in everyday life. And so people, you are more supernatural than you realize. And you're operating it every day. So that opened up the doors where researchers started coming, doing studies on our program. And that opened up the door for me to get invited by the faith-based department, uh, the faith-based office of the White House, to do presentations and share what God was doing. Wow. And then that yeah, brought me into door open doors with governor's offices, with organizations. That's where I had to start a consulting business and uh, brought on other consultants and uh, started collaborating and then working in the hardest to live in cities in America. We received millions of dollars to reinvest into these different communities. And then that's when I realized the same supernatural experience I experienced when I was 13 years old this miracle signs and wonders, the prophetic, the words of knowledge, all this stuff happening in the church is now operating in these marketplace areas. Love it. And I realized if what we do in church doesn't work in the marketplace, it's not real. It's religious. Yeah. yeah. And, and so then I started very intentionally translating what I knew how to do in church into operating in the marketplace, in government, in business, how do we transfer that words of knowledge? How do we transfer the gifts of the Holy Spirit that He's given to us and operate without being, quote-unquote, weird or hyper-spiritual in that yep. sense in these other spheres? And so that um, there's one specific story that I like to share where I remember I was in a nation and a person comes up to me and says, hey, would you come to my business and would you bless my business? I was training leaders in the church and leaders in the marketplace together. And I said, sure. What I didn't know, Sean, was it was an eight-hour drive to their business. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so That's commitment maybe... right there. You want to influence the business world, you get the opportunity, drive eight hours <laughs> or fly <laughs> eight hours, whatever the case may be. Or maybe the lesson is ask how long it'll take to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and then make a decision. So don't exactly. always say yes. No. <laughs> That's right. So we end up at this place and – it's a huge, massive building. We walk in, and he takes me into the boardroom. The boardroom is filled. Every seat's taken. People in three-piece suits. 
and he walks in. I'm walking alongside with him with my translator, and they all stand up. They welcome him. He puts a seat next to him, and this is what he says. Folks, we have Tony Kim here. He works in a lot of different areas in life, but he has an anointing for business. And I thought, I do? <laughs> and and I'm thinking, what's he doing? I thought he wanted me to bless his business. And, and he says, well, Tony is here because he's going to help us grow in our profitability this next year because, as you know, we all struggled this year. But he's going to give us strategy on how to move forward. And he hears God, and he's going to tell you about your life on how God sees you. Wow. Now, talk about pressure. I looked at my <laughs> translator, Sean, and I said, I'm not a prophet. And she looks at me with a smile, and she says, you better be today. <laughs> and so she, we're bending awesome. back and forth now, and I'm just Love nervous. It. I wish I, I could it. say I had courage, and I was totally confident. I wasn't. I was panicking, going, I have nothing. I just thought I was going to go say a nice bl prayer blessing and go have a nice meal together. Well, you know, you know what? It's interesting because, like, the whole time we've been talking, it's like I try to find – what is the the theme, the overarching theme or subject that we can title this episode? And I think that it's very clear to me that it's the yes of leadership. Mm -hmm. It's it's just saying yes. When you're put in a room and you don't know what to do and there's expectation, there's pressure, but you know that God has put you there with a purpose, the only option you have is to say yes. Because if you don't say yes, you're just robbing yourself and everyone around you of the impact that I believe is supposed to happen through you. So it's the yes of leadership. This is what we're talking about today. For those of you that are listening, the yes of leadership and how powerful it is when we say yes. So continue. So you're in a room, you, 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 you have to be a prophet today. You don't feel like a prophet. You don't feel like you got anything. And now there's an expectation on you as a prophet, as a spiritual leader, supernatural leader, to help not only their businesses grow with strategy, but now you're going to tell them about their life. Right. So in my greatest confidence that I could stir up, shaking in my boots and my pants, I, I just asked the Lord, I said, Holy Spirit, what do I do? And I said, if you don't show up, we are so messed up. <laughs> I'm, I mean, this is the end of my ministry career. This is the end of me. And, and what I heard was, do hear what you do in church. Wow. And that's, and I said, what? And, and so I said, okay, well, what do I do in church? And I said, I bring my goal in church for me as a leader is to bring people into encounters with God. That's my goal. And I thought, how do I do that? And I said, Holy Spirit, you need to speak to me. And see, and that's where the supernatural element comes in. Everything could look natural, but God never puts you in places you can uh, yep. perform or uh, accomplish in your own strength or yeah. gifting. He doesn't Love put that. you in your strength. He puts you in your weakness. So true. And that's where the supernatural element of total dependency on him comes in. Absolutely. And I just said, God, if you don't, Holy Spirit, come. Please, please, I beg you, please. <laughs> and I get a word of knowledge. I see this woman across the end of the table, and the Lord speaks to me and says, she has lupus, and she's in pain. And so, and I'm easing into it. I said, you know what? If before I jump in, I said, ma'am, you're at the end of the table. I said, I don't know who you are, but I said, are you in pain right now? And she nods yes. And I said, is it neurological? 
And she said, now there's a hush that comes into the room. And I said, is it lupus? Tears start flowing down her eyes. Wow. And I said, my God isn't going to only help you guys grow in profitability, but my God is here to touch you. That's amazing. And I said, I said, can I pray for you? And, and so we prayed for her. She gets healed. The pain leaves. She said first time in 15 years she didn't have pain. Wow. Anymore. Come on. That's amazing. She gives her life to Jesus right there. And now people are weeping in the room because they know the pain that this lady's in. And, and now in that I get a picture all of a sudden of this thing. I don't even know what it was. And I was just describing. I said, guys, I have a picture. And I said, I'm going to describe it to see if it makes sense to anybody. And I start describing this thing. This guy bolts out of the room, comes back and opens up this blueprint. And he said, this is what you're talking about. And I said, what is this? And he said, this is in our R&D department as one of our projects. And then I get a word of wisdom. And the Lord says, if they bring that to the forefront of all their projects, this one product is going to help their profitability and grow in their market share this following year. Wow. And so I shared that. And I'm as I'm sharing this, you have to remember, I'm not 100% sure. I'm just going, God, please let this be you. Yeah, and that's part of that's part of the, the supernatural leadership faith journey is that's that right. – if faith was always about being sure, then really it would be more about what makes sense and not what doesn't make sense. Because faith, a lot of what we do in faith doesn't make sense. That's right. And our mind, we can easily judge as people from the outside and say, how can this be an accurate word? Look at this person and we judge the outside. And so there, therefore, our mind can't comprehend that whatever it is that we're saying is actually true. But stepping out in faith is just that it's not being always totally sure, but like learning to lean on God and step out for the purpose of not only impacting those around us, but ultimately growing our confidence, even in our own relationship with God who speaks right. today. And so I love that, man. I think it's really great and practical for people that are listening is that even though you sounded confident in the room, probably to the people listening, there was that inner voice inside of Tony saying, I don't know, man, like, are you sure you want to do this? But your spirit kept leaping because it's right. spirit to spirit. Romans 8, 16 says it's our spirit that bears witness that uh, with his spirit that we are children of God. It's spirit to spirit. So even though our mind, our soul, even like our emotions might be like freaking out inside, it's spirit to spirit. So I'm going to let my spirit be led by the Holy Spirit in these moments, even if everything else around me is like screaming, are you sure? Are you sure? So I think that's a great, great example of what we all go through as supernatural leaders. Absolutely. And so when when they opened that up and I shared that, there's a man that was on the right side of the table. He stands up and he comes to me and he kneels at my feet. And this is what stunned me. All those things were great, right? I'm, it's, I'm going, Holy Spirit, I can't believe this is happening in a boardroom of a business. And, and he kneels down, and this is what he says. He says, where did you get this type of wisdom? He said, I've been asking my God for wisdom like this, and he hasn't ever given me anything. And he says, if I serve your God, will he give me wisdom like what you just displayed? And I said, listen, I'm just a tiny fraction of, who, of what God can give you. And I said, and yes, if you follow my God, he will give you the wisdom because he is wisdom. And he gave his life to the Lord 
right there. Wow, amazing. And and so this whole aspect of the supernatural leadership in the marketplace, this is just one story that I have. And I have a plethora of stories and testimonies I could share with you. But it's that key piece of wisdom. It's Ephesians 1.17. You know, this, this is something that I pray every day, Sean, multiple times a day. I've done this for over 20 years, literally. And I really learned this from Mike Bickle, listening to him, and I adapted it, is, you know, I pray, you know, the Father of glory, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, would you give to me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God so that I would know you more? Not to be more successful, not to be more known, not to make greater impact, but to know him. Yeah. And from that place, uh, you know, this wisdom and revelation began to flow, which is supernatural. And looking at the principle of first mention, the first person ever filled with the Holy Spirit mentioned is Bezalel in the Old Testament. And it says, Bezalel was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says, and wisdom. Wisdom was the first manifestation of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's a wisdom that I believe God is pouring out right now in this day during the culture of where everything's being shaken. Yeah. That the person listening right now, that you, for such a time as this, God wants to display his wisdom to, so that you can bring solutions to places that are broken, places that are desperate, places that are totally desolate and ruined right now through his spirit. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, I love, I love that story. Share with us another story if you can really quick. And then I want to shift into some practical stuff on what you would say to those that are listening to position themselves to just make, you know, practical keys around becoming more influential in their leadership when it comes to the supernatural. But before we do that, just maybe share one more story that really stands out to you. Maybe it's in a government setting just uh, where, where the supernatural invaded a moment and these individuals were impacted in some way, shape, or form. I'll give you a recent one. Um, it was over the last year. Um, I received a call from uh, a certain department from Los Angeles, and they said, Tony, we need your help. We need you to come in as a consultant if you would be willing to help us because there's a neighborhood we're going after. So I said yes. I met with the officer. It was the sheriff's department. And they took me into this place. And as I'm going in, I'm always in Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? What's the strategy? What's the system? What's the structure that you want to build? What do you want to do here in this business or this community? And so I'm, I'm in that mode. And the officer says, Tony, what do you sense here? What are you feeling? It, which is a very interesting question, isn't it? Yeah. Because I realized, you know what? They're familiar with bringing people in, asking for their feelings and sense. And, and I said, well, I said, you know, it's really interesting because what I'm sensing right now is darkness, a lot of pain, brokenness. And I said, there's something about trafficking in this area that I think needs to be exposed and we have to go after this. Wow. He pulls the car over takes off his glasses and he looks at me and he says, who are you? And wow. I said, I said, why officer? And he said, this here is the blade of all of Southern California. It's the worst place when it comes to human trafficking. Wow. And he said, how did you know that? And I said, well, I'm a man of faith. I'm a follower of Jesus. And, and I said, and there's things I believe God cares more about our community than we'll ever know. 
and he shows me things when we go in because he wants to give us solutions. Wow. And he says, you know what? I don't know about people like you, but he said, we need you. That's amazing. So he introduces me to all the leaders. He takes me back to the uh, Department of Human Trafficking. He shares with me, gives me a tour. I meet all these people. He has me start praying for the officers. And, and he calls me to this day. And we work with organizations. I helped set up some programs there um, through some organizations. And we're going, we're bringing the light in darkness. And, and, this is, and this is the sheriff's office. That's amazing. I love that. I love that, man. It's so, it's so amazing. I love that, you know, there's something about when people that maybe wouldn't normally inquire or ask or want to pull on insight like this begin to do that. It's a sign of what really God is doing in the leader, uh, the leader himself. And so I think that's so encouraging to see the favor on you, to see um, your impact in leadership, but not just in leadership, but in the supernatural is just absolutely encouraging. I want you to encourage, if you can, as we come to an end, just encourage those that are listening that would say, uh, okay, I'm already in this space of business. I'm already in this space of government or education or whatever space they're in that they feel like they're called to walk in. What would you say to them to bring the supernatural into their environment? Number one. And number two, what would you say to those that feel like they're called to those spaces, but maybe haven't really seen the door open yet? What can they do to kind of prepare themselves? Yeah. You know, I think so many of us, we get caught up. We, we feel like we get stuck in a moment and, and it's hard for us to advance. And so one of the things that I would encourage the one listening right now is wherever God has placed you, embrace that area. Find love for the place and the people that God has called you to. And don't try to change anything up because so often when we think about supernatural leadership, we, you know, we talk about change and something new. But in fact, instead of going down that road, just include Holy Spirit into what you're already doing. Yeah. You know, do what you know what to do and include him in and start asking him questions. Start including him into the process. You know, I tell people, don't just put God first, bring him into everything you're doing. Yep. And so um, just the fact that you do that, you're going to find that you're going to get thoughts, ideas. You're going to get uh, downloads, so to speak, that you never received before that you could infuse into what you're doing. And the fruit of that in itself will give you the favor for you to walk through greater doors. And so be faithful with where you are. Be faithful, and, yeah. And be and, and include Holy Spirit. Remember, the fruit of faith is not miracles or the supernatural. The fruit of faith is faithfulness. Oh, I love and, that. And so uh, Mother Teresa used to say this all the time. Don't try to be successful. Be faithful because in your faithfulness, you will find success. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and, that's and amazing. The supernatural comes through your faithfulness, your perseverance, what we would call grit. Right? And so um, that's you know, I would encourage every person just posture yourself that way. And if you feel like, you know what, I'm not there yet. You know, I haven't stepped into the doors where I feel God's called me to. Again, faithfulness is the key. But then begin to surround yourself and begin to pray into those areas that you feel called to. There's places and spheres, there's nations, Sean, that I prayed for 25 years before God ever opened up a door. 
Because what prayer does is it brings you into alignment with God's heart on how they feel about them or that sphere or that place. And second, it gives you a love for that place through prayer. And because you love, you start growing an authority. So when you get that to that place of convergence, when God opens up the door, you already have the love, you already have the power and the authority for you to step in to naturally be supernatural as a leader, to be a voice, to bring the kingdom wherever you're stepping into. That's amazing. Wow. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much for your time and your encouragement. Such an inspiring story. And those stories just, I know, are encouraging so many people out there to connect more, dive a little deeper into their journey as a supernatural leader. Just as we close here um, to this, the yes of leadership, which is what we're talking about today, the yes of leadership, stepping out of the boat of comfort and into uncomfortable territory and just trusting God in faith. Um, we want to talk about literally as we close, just promoting this Roar Academy. Tell us really quickly in about 30 seconds what Roar Academy is, what it's all about, how do they get connected to it? How do they sign on, be a part of this and grow their leadership alongside of you? So Roar Academy was birthed out of the heartbeat of God speaking to me about reformers being raised up to transform every sphere of society. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to raise up 2 million reformers. I'm raising them up. And so through that, through prophetic words, we launched what's called Roar Academy. It's a leader. It's a really a supernatural leadership school academy on how to impact the different mountains or spheres of society. How do we journey as leaders? There's um, there's entire modules in there. It's a two year program, but you can go to RoarAcademy.org. That's RoarAcademy.org, and you'll see the uh, curriculum on there um, through the school. We have. Even now, we have judges that are a part of it. We have lawyers. We have key business people. We have church leaders. And uh, we put people into office. We've launched businesses. We, wow. we teach all these principles, uh, not only for ministry, but for your ministry. You know, I don't say, you know, I say everyone has a pulpit with their name on it, but it's not always in the four, four walls of the church. It's going to be in the marketplace. And so I believe that God is sending out and sending forth an entire generation to display the glory of God to transform cities and nations through these different spheres. And that's what Roar Academy is all about. Well, wow, that's amazing. So check it out, roaracademy.org. And we'll also put it in the description below on the podcast. Um, so check it out and check out Tony Kim, what he's doing, what he's all about. He will inspire you as a leader. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Tony, for your time once again. And for all those listening, thank you for tuning in. And our hope is that the leader within you become a little more supernatural. We'll see you next time on the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost, and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.